Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Two Visits to the Berlin Wall, a travel memoir written and narrated by Robert Fairhead from the Tall and True Writer's Website, Part 2. After living and working in England from 1987, my wife and I returned to Australia in 1995, Overland. Michael Palin's 1991 BBC series, Pole to Pole, inspired our journey and route. First we headed north to Finland to visit a friend. Then we turned south, travelling by ferry, train, bus, taxi, truck and bicycle, like Palin, for the next eight months to Zimbabwe. And along the way, we revisited Berlin, as I recorded in my travel journal. 24 July 1995, Where's the Wall? We had a good overnight train journey from Krakow to Berlin, stretching our legs and snatching sleep between ticket checks and the Polish-German border crossing. The train arrived early in Berlin, but we lost our morning, booking for the evening's onward overnight journey to Prague, searching for tourist information for a map and Amex to get Deutschmarks for the day. Finally, we set off on the S-Bahn to Berlin Zoo. Unfortunately, we couldn't work out the direction to the site of the wall and blundered about in circles, lost and cross. And then we spied the gold-topped Siegesala Column, which we'd climbed in 1987, and knew that the Strasse de 17 Juni led from it to the Brandenburg Gate. The area around the Brandenburg Gate was vastly different from how we remembered it. In 1987, the graffiti-covered Berlin Wall separated us from the gate, a cycleway ran along the west side of the wall, but no one ventured into no man's land to the east. Now cars stream past the Brandenburg Gate, tourists thronged under it, and souvenir hawkers flanked the eastern footpaths. I expected to feel some emotion passing through the gate's columns, as I had when I'd crossed Checkpoint Charlie in 1987, but I felt nothing. With all the building works and cranes around the Brandenburg Gate, it's hard to believe the wall and no man's land had ever isolated it. My disconnection from the past grew stronger during our visits to the former East Berlin. For a start, we only found fragments of the wall. One section looked like a recent addition by Nissan to protect a car showroom. And then there were the missing Trabants. We saw less than half a dozen of them all day. By contrast, in 1987, the Ostberlin streets were full of them. Friedrichstrasse leading to Checkpoint Charlie has become one long construction zone. And all that remains of the old border crossing checkpoint is an isolated observation box, resembling a derelict British rail signal box. The rows of socialist-style tower blocks were there. But instead of Trabants, the apartment car parks were full of VWs, BMWs and Mercs. The big brother, Fernsaturm TV Tower, still dominates the skyline above Alexander Platz and I was pleased to see the beautiful Berliner Dom again. But otherwise, everything about Berlin had changed from our tourist perspective. I tried recapturing something of the atmosphere of 1987 with a stein of beer at a canal-side cafe overlooking the Berliner Dom, 
The beer cost five Deutschmarks instead of 1987's 1.5 Ostmarks and was warm, a fitting end to our fleeting visit. In the introduction to another travel piece I've shared on Tall and True, three visits to Dahab on the Egyptian Red Sea, once in 1991 and twice in 1995, I asked, is it wrong to want our favourite places to stay the same? Probably. It's been over 20 years since I last visited Dahab. I've read tourists still flock there from all over the world. But aspects of Dahab's villages and surroundings must have changed beyond recognition for this old-timer. My wife and I only made brief backpacker visits to Berlin in 1987 and 1995. Our focal point both times was the Berlin Wall. I had felt a frisson of excitement crossing Checkpoint Charlie in 1987, but I was disappointed to find little sign of the wall in 1995. And when our train left Berlin for Prague that evening, I knew I wouldn't be returning for a third visit. Frederick Taylor and Helena Merriman's books reminded me of the Berlin Wall's place in my consciousness as a boy, even growing up in distant Perth, Western Australia. And as I've mentioned, to cross into East Berlin and back again with five Ostmarks hidden in my money belt in 1987 felt like I was living pages from John le Carre's The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. I witnessed the fall of the Berlin Wall and East Germany from relatively close quarters in England in 1989, and I visited a reunified Berlin in 1995, still undergoing massive transformation, which has likely made it even more unrecognisable from my memories and journal entries. The Spanish-American philosopher and novelist George Santayana observed, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And yet, I understand why Germans, particularly Berliners, would want to erase the wall and forget their divided past. Hi, I'm Robert Fairhead from Tall and True Short Reads and the Tall and True Writer's Website. I shared the two visits to the Berlin Wall travel memoir on Tall and True in September 2021. In part one of this two-part podcast episode, I explained the inspiration for writing the piece, finding a second-hand copy of the 2006 book The Berlin Wall by Frederick Taylor and listening to the 2021 audiobook version of Tunnel 29, narrated by the author Helena Merriman. And part one recounts the travel journal entries for my first visit to Berlin in 1987, when the wall divided the city and West and East Germany. Part 2 contains the journal entry for my second fleeting visit to reunified Berlin and Germany in 1995, and my observations on my two trips after almost three decades, paraphrasing a question I'd asked myself about my 1990s travels to Dahab, Egypt. Is it wrong to want places and tourist sites to stay the same? In the case of the divided Germany and Berlin, and the Berlin Wall of 1987, yes. Side note. Once again, apologies for mangling German place names. It's over 30 years since I've spoken conversational German phrases beyond zwei Bierbitter. I hope you enjoyed listening to parts 1 and 2 of Two Visits to the Berlin Wall. You can read this travel memoir and all my short stories, blog posts and other writing at tallandtrue.com. You can also buy my short story collections from the Amazon Kindle and Kobo online bookstores. Links are available in the show notes. The next episode of Tall and True Short Reads will be released shortly. In the meantime, please check your podcast feed 
or the podcast website, tallandtrueshortreads.com, for earlier episodes from seasons one, two, and three. And follow or subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it via your favorite app. Doing so helps share my storytelling. You can support this podcast financially by making a small one-off or regular donation via the ACAST supporter page. You'll find a link in the show notes. Finally, please do me and the podcast a big favour. Tell your family and friends about Tall and True Short Reads and the Tall and True Writer's Website.